connected. So we're going to go back to our subject, the word faith. The word faith, volume three. Understand the various shades of meanings of the word faith as used in the Bible. Praise the Lord. We are dealing with the use of the word faith now in the New Testament. That's where we are. And uh, we have dealt with three different shades of meaning. Faith, which you all recounted this evening. Faith as a religious profession. Uh, vocation, faith as a fruit of the Spirit, known as faithfulness. Three, faith as uh, an apprehending and appropriating facility and faculty of the soul. Amen? Also uh, known as apprehending or appropriating faith, which more literally is the sense organ, the spirit sense organ that God has put in the soul of a man and by which man apprehends and appropriates all God has for him for the meeting of his needs by which man receives the grace of God for himself, his family, his relations. Are you following? But there is a fourth shade of meaning, which is faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Is that what we've been dealing with now, right? Faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. Even though all the previous other forms of faith are given by God. But this one is a gift in a different sense. Uh, it is a gift in the sense that it is God's own faith. The, God, the faith that God uses for himself, for his kingdom, purposes and plans, provisions and power. That's his own. And people wonder if God does have faith. God does. You know, when God said, let us make man in our own image, man was in existence. But God was using his faith to see man in himself. Amen? That's the faith. And then when he proceeded to begin to mold man, he was believing. <laughs> After he molded man, what did he do? He breathed into him. He was believing what he has perceived by faith. What did he perceive by faith? Let's make man in our own image, according to our own likeness. Huh? And the man will have dominion. So that's God's vision. That's God's, uh, you know, apprehension of what he wanted to bring forth. And then after doing that, he believed by taking clear, molding man. <laughs> and after he molded man, he wasn't satisfied. He breathed into him. That was believing. Remember action. So there you see the vision. You see the, you see the persuasion. Is that correct? You see the confession. Then you see the physical mode in the action. You know, and you know the first person that exercised that faith? Can anybody guess? The first person that exercised that faith. The first human being. Anybody? Speak up. The first person you think exercised that faith as a gift from God. If you get it wrong, you stay back. Yes? Adam. Adam. Now, let me put you on the challenge. Tell me how. Uh-huh. That's it. 
That's it. When God asks him to name the things God created, how, what do you think? God put his faith on him. How can you name what did you make? You didn't make. It's like if Toyota makes a new car and they write me and say, make it, I will call them. I say, how was the cylinder? Number of cylinder. I'll call them. Uh, uh, how many, is it four wheel or two wheel? Before I name it. Are, 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 you, are you following? But God said to Adam, name them. Well, Adam didn't say, God, uh, what do I name? No. And you know what? Everything Adam called the thing, God didn't add, God didn't subtract. Why? Because Adam was accurate. Why was Adam accurate? Because he used God's kind of faith. Even the, the wife God gave him, he just woke up and see the woman walking towards him. He said, this is now woman. Why? She shall be called what? This is what? Bone of my bone. He was asleep when the bone was taken. <laughs> Amen? And what? Flesh of my He was asleep. God didn't say, look at how I got this. I took a bone. I opened you. God didn't tell him. But by the faith of God, he picked it up. And he said, That's what, this is my bone. This is my bone. I said, you know what? That was his faith walking. Then he proceeded to believe. She shall be what? Called what? Woman. Why? Faith. God's faith told him because she was made out of man. Is this making sense to you now? Adam left the legacy there for us. Amen? So this faith is a gift in the sense that God is God's own faith. And he imparts it directly to man. It is literally God's own apprehending and, appro and appropriating faith, which he drops to man. He allows man to use. He said, Pastor, what's the difference between that and our own appropriating faith? Well, I, I will say more about it. I said something about it the last time. The, our own faith is for us meeting our own personal needs. Are you all following? Huh? Aha. Uh -huh. On a day-to-day -day basis, receiving the grace of God for our needs. But that one is for God's kingdom purpose. Again, Sister Sue's challenged us this evening. And that was where I said that was a confirmation. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? And, you know, that last... The last time we spoke about it, we said that it's available to every child of God. See, the thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they don't, you don't make them your personal property. No. They are given to you when kingdom purposes show up. Are you all following? That's when they are given. And the gift of faith, for instance, is when there's a situation and circumstance that the enemy is trying to use to oppose and Frustrate God's kingdom, purpose, and plan, and power. God drops the gift of faith to someone who is available, willing, and ready. And it could be any child of God. Are you all following? Good. Have you wondered why the apostles, God didn't use the apostles to go to Saul after his conversion. He sent a disciple. See, I believe that was a gift of faith there if you knew who Paul was. You couldn't go to him and ask him to repent. I'm sure the apostles knew him too well. He said, that one is gone, done. Are you all following? So, that's God's kind of faith. 
And that's God's own faith. But it's made available to who? Man. And not any kind of person. This is never given to unbelievers. Only to his children. Believers. Are you all following? Unbelievers can get the, the ordinary apprehending appropriating faith. At least with that, they repent and receive salvation. Are you following? Uh-huh. Now, when they apply it towards God. So, we began to talk about, so is, is, is it clear what this faith looks like? Is that correct? So, um, so, we began to talk about the unique features of this faith. Number one, we said that the first feature, if you look at the places where it is mentioned in the Bible, at some point next year, we're going to do a series on, on um, the gift of the Holy Spirit again. But for now, and in that case, I will give you examples in the Bible where each gift operated. And so you will practically begin to operate in this gift. It's part of your inheritance as believers. You believe that? Okay. The New Testament, the modern church is turning out believers who have not even heard about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they are walking about without it. In the 60s and 70s and 80s, it was all over the place. Okay, but now we're into motivational talk. That's what has taken over. But So we're going to look at some of the features. Number one, we looked at two. Is that correct? Two or three? Three. The first one was what? Divine apprehension. God actually apprehends the, the situation and the resources already. More of literally, he takes it and drops on you. So you get to see what God has already seen. So the, the apprehension, the, the, the uh, substantiation, God does it. And that's why it can come to you, boom, like that. And when it comes to you, it's your job now to use your own faith to apprehend it also, to substantiate it, huh? to reckon with it, and to be convinced of it. God has worked it out, but when it comes to you, you still have to flow with God. Is that correct? So it's, it's God's own. But it comes to you, you have to latch on. Praise the Lord. If I, like if I give you my pair of glasses, if I have one. If I put it on you, you don't close your eyes and say, this is pastor's glasses, let's go. You still have to what? <laughs> Open your eyes. So you, you get to see what pastor sees. Okay. <laughs> Stop laughing at me, okay? <laughs> but uh, am I right? So you say, oh, this is pastor glasses. You close your eyes. You can't. You open your eyes. Praise the Lord. Number two, dramatic impartation. It's, it, because it's, it's a gift. It's like Christmas tree, right? You, you turn around. You see that Christmas tree? How many of you believe he grew up? He has been growing the past five years. That's how the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. But the fruit of the Spirit, they grow. You cultivate them. But the gifts, you just, you see that Merry Christmas, all the things that, they were all hung up. <laughs> That's how the gift of the Holy Spirit operate. Boom. So dramatic impartation. So two weeks ago, we didn't have that tree. I walked in here one day. I saw Brother Austin and Desmond setting it up. I said, what's that? They say it's a tree. A tree that didn't grow. I said, okay, oh, walked into my office. I came out. The tree was on with fruits and lighting. So 
That's how the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith, is dropped on you. When a dire situation that is big for you, that is meant for God to handle. Does anybody follow? God said, no, you are there. Take my faith and deal with it. That's simply what it is. Are you all following? Amen. Did I give you scriptural examples? Like what example was that? Goliath. Goliath and David. Goliath. That was a gift of faith. Right there. If you look at David's language, what upset David? Goliath didn't find out David and started insulting David. No. David's anger was he was insulting the God, the armies of the God of Israel. That's kingdom. Does anybody follow? Uh, so mo many modern Christians will say, mm, let him say what he likes. But David said, no, you can't insult the armies of my God like that. That's kingdom-minded somebody. Does anybody follow? Okay. I'm going to show you how to be kingdom-minded. Praise the Lord. I believe it was this kind of faith that Mary had to conceive Jesus. Because it's completely impossible. It was God. God gave the vision. Of the, but that's why he said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. Did you see that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Third. The third unique attribute. Is what? It's master's... Uh, Mustard, I almost called it monster. Mustard seed measure. Real mustard seed. In fact, if the regular faith is mustard seed, this one is even smaller. Because it's all faith, no doubt. It is the faith of God. It doesn't entertain doubt. It doesn't entertain uh, 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 fear. I have many times come on that is faith. And without it, you can't do stuff like deliverance and healing many times for other people. You can't. You have to be on that. It's a gift of faith walking with the workings of miracles and the gift of healing. Three of them combined together. And God drops it on you through the word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Are we, are we getting that? Okay, we're, we're going to talk more about that. But these are very important things. They are fine, fine needle point issues. Am I making sense to anybody? All right. So, because it is God of divine quality, he has no room for doubt, unbelief, fear. Does God fear? Does, does God ever doubt? Does he entertain, the, uh, uh, you know, discouragement and all that? No. But our faith, sometimes we allow it. We allow those things. So, I, in my book, I said that this faith is mustard seed faith most of the time, mostly mustard seed faith. You know, you can have a watermelon-sized faith. And, th and that's why I don't like people talking about big faith. You have to have big faith. No. You can have faith as big as watermelon. And when you cut it open, doubt has eaten some part. Uh, fear has eaten some part. Are you all following uh, what else? It's faith. Come on, don't act like you don't know. Anxiety. Uh, discouragement. Bad conscience. Weakened conscience. Uh, you know, have you opened some fruit? Sometimes you want to eat the fruit, and when you open it, some part is not good, some part is... Uh, that messes the whole thing up. That's how some of these things affect faith. 
So I say in that book, watermelon faith, many times, may not do it. Because if it's watermelon, it has all these things affecting it. But if it's mustard seed faith, and it doesn't have the, any of these negatives, <laughs> it can move mountain. That's what the Bible says. Is that correct? All right. What's the next? That's it. So you can't offer anyone? Oh, my God. This people, what will I do with you? Amen. So are you ready for the next one? All right. So let's go now. Um, did I talk about dramatic impartation? Okay. Mode of operation. Let's look at how it operates. How does it operate? How does this faith operate? It, it, like the personal faith of the believer, like the regular apprehending and appropriating faith. It, it consists of the apprehension, right? And um, every phase of apprehension. But God has worked it out. And then it has to be worked out in belief. Amen? All right. And when God drops it on you, and he expects you to believe with it. Now, it's not God that will believe for you now. It's God's faith. He drops it on you. But who does the believing? You. And the believing will come in form of, of, of like, like every other believing. What are the things that make up believing? You have the conviction, right? Let me help you with that. The persuasion. Is that correct? Conviction, persuasion. What other thing make up believing? Huh? Confession. What else? And action. So let me help you with action. Uh, confession and action. The confession in this case is usually command. Especially authoritative prayer. When this faith is at work and you want to believe and you want to, the confession of it usually comes in forms of authoritative word. Very authoritative. In the form of prayer of authority. Praise the Lord. Or what I call command. Praise God. So, for instance, it is when this faith comes on you and you're acting on it, when you speak, you don't speak like you are uh, 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 equivocating. No, 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 no. You're clear, you're sharp, you hit it. Boom. You are authoritative. You're speaking as if God himself is speaking. You are, at that time, the mouthpiece of God. Does anybody follow what I'm saying? Your prayer at that time is prayer of what? Command. If it's ordinary speaking, it's a rebuke, it's a command. If it's praying, that prayer is not a, a request, it's not a, a pleading, you know, it's a prayer of authority, a prayer of command. Now, I know your mind will be running around in the Bible now to remember some people. Now, watch what happens. Usually, that kind of prayer is the believer speaking to 
people, persons, or things, or circumstances on the behalf of God. You know, there's a prayer whereby you speak to God on the behalf of people and things and circumstances. Is that correct? But this time, when it comes to prayer, the gift of faith, and you are expressing the confession in the form of prayer, you are speaking to impossible people, impossible, and when I mean impossible, I mean extremely impossible people, extremely impossible circumstances, extremely impossible situations and circumstances, things that no one can handle, immovable mountains. You are speaking on the behalf of God because you're operating on a different level of faith. Whether it's by prayer or from let me give you an example. When we cast our demons, you know, you notice you just you no know, negotiation with demons come out. If you don't have a gift of faith, you can't function there. That the ministry of deliverance works with the gift of faith, the gift of working of miracles, which is what it is. But it needs faith to trigger it. We'll come to that. And then by the time you're done, sometimes the demons go. Other things like healing manifest also. So the gift of healing. These gifts work like the colors of the rainbow many times. You don't know where one ends and the other begins. Am I making sense to anybody here? All right. So let's... And another way, we're talking about the believing with this faith. Is that correct? What comes after confession or along with confession? Huh? Huh? Action. The action usually takes place in the form of some extraordinary acts and some strange, sometimes strange acts and extraordinary acts ending up in extraordinary miracles. You know, there are ordinary miracles and there are extraordinary miracles. Huh? So I said extraordinary what? Acts. Uh, or strange acts ending up in what? Extraordinary miracles. So without confession and these acts, extraordinary acts, you get miracles that are out of the ordinary. Now let me give you a few examples in the Bible. If you, there are a lot of them that we can look at. So we're talking about the mode of operation. Let's look at an example. And usually... When these things happen, they deal with things that only God does. Are you all following what I'm saying? Uh, okay, for instance, let's look at Joshua chapter 10. And be, uh, be, uh, Joshua chapter 10, we're going to read from verse 12. But before we get there, I want to remind you that this gift of faith, usually the purpose is to confront Satan and his kingdom, and undo their evil purposes, their evil plans, their evil power on a level that nothing else can do. And then, at the same time, you are, at the same time, revealing and establishing God's righteous purpose, plan, and power. That's the purpose. And that's why when we are challenged this evening to, to ask God what he wants us to do, he will reveal what he wants us to do. And he will make this faith available. He has made it available already. Are you in Joshua 10? 12. Joshua was fighting. 
He was the commander of the armies of the sons of Israel. Is that correct? Was that a personal business or a kingdom business? Aha. Did you see that? <laughs> okay. He was fighting. And the he doesn't have enough time. You know, I think maybe it was in winter because it was starting getting dark at four. <laughs> or maybe, <laughs> I mean, and it's like, no, I must finish this task. He was fighting. And darkness was coming. He said, no, God's work must be done. God is looking for valiant men. Men who are consumed by his kingdom purposes and plans. I'm telling you. And we're really going to. You know, I, when we were growing up, we used to see babies like that. And you see these women trained in twisting their arms. And they say, oh, my God. If you are by them. If you see how they are bathing them, pummeling them, strengthening them, turning their hand back. And baby is crying. They say, Mom, don't do that. He ignores you. Keeps doing that. Because he wants that baby to be strengthened. That's the level we're going. Praise the Lord. So what happened? Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel. And he said in the, next, he said in the sight of Israel, O son, stand still. At Gibeon. And all moon, do what? Stand still in the valley of Ijalon. Stop. Go next. So the sun stood still. Does the man have control over the sun? No, you tell me. <laughs> so what's going on there is beyond man. If, go to verse 10. Actually, you go to 10. Go to 10. As Joshua was fighting, the Lord confounded them before Israel. And he slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon. And pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Horon. And struck them as far as Azekah and Makeda. As they fled from before Israel. While they were at the descent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw large stones from heaven. Up to that time, it was Joshua's faith now. It was his own faith. Defeating the enemy. Are you following? He was exercising his, his own personal apprehending and appropriating faith. That's why I went back to 10. Huh? Why do we have the descent, right? The Lord threw large stone next from heaven. Amen? Next. On them as far as, and they, and they died, as far as Isaac and they died. And there were more who died from the hailstone than those whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. Next. Then Joshua did what? Spoke to the Lord. He saw the victory so far. He said, no, I need to do something more. He was working on his own faith already. He said, no, I need to do something more. He spoke to the Lord. He had a conversation with the Lord. He said, Lord, I want to do this. I want to take it to this level. But of course, I don't have control. I'm human. It's like God said, okay, that's a good idea. Take my faith. <laughs> Did you see that? And then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon, and O moon in the valley of Ijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Who? When? Until what? Until the nation 
avenge themselves of their enemies. Kingdom purpose. It's not private. Oh, uh, you know, I'm tired, guys. I got to go. Oh, man, yeah, you know. <laughs> Kingdom purpose. Am I making sense to anybody here? Amen? All right. Is it not written in the book of Jesha? The sun stopped in the middle of the sky <laughs> and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. Watch the next verse. There was no day like that before it or after it when the Lord listened to the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. See who did it? The Lord. Praise God. You know, there are things that the devil will want to bring before us thinking that it is over for us. But we have to let him know. If he thinks our faith can carry it, okay, our father's faith will be dropped on us. I want to hear a big shout. I want to hear a big shout. Listen, when your daddy gives you his own thing, <laughs> the enemy is in trouble. Amen? All right. So, you saw the confession. Was that bold? Can any human being just come out and tell sun and moon, stop? But he had the persuasion, the deep conviction of God in his own heart. It wasn't him. It was God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, let's look at another example. You go with me to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17. Amen? Now, Elijah the Tishbite. <laughs> and you know one thing I like the Bible? He will always call you by your name. Let everybody know that you were a man. <laughs> call your village. <laughs> you know why? Because some people say, hey, hey, that, he's a pastor now. He, he's an apostle now. Hmm, that man, no. I don't know if he came from heaven, no. No? God is no respecter of persons. Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before, listen to that, before whom I stand, there shall certainly be no, neither dew nor rain during these years, except by my word. Do you see boldness? Do you see conviction? Is there any, can you sense doubt there? And he's not talking about closing door and opening door. He's not talking about, uh, uh, you know, no, he's talking about rain. You want to know who's in charge of rain? Okay, let me show you who's in charge of rain. <laughs> Are you ready? Go, you go with me to Psalms. Go with me to Psalm 147, quickly. Psalms 147, quickly. All right. Seven to eight. Seven to eight. Verses 7 and 8. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises to our God on the lyre. It is he who covers the heavens with clouds. You see where he's going? Who provides what? Rain for the earth. It's not Elijah. It is he, the Lord. Did you notice that? Watch. Who makes grass sprout on the mountains? And always, whenever you find rain, you find grass blossoming. Always. That's a connection there. I'm going to show you again. Amen. And the rain is also a type of the spirit. Is that correct? And the mountains, the grass sprouting is a kind of blessings. 
Are you all following? That's aside, anyhow. But um, go to Psalms 108. Psalms 108, verse 13. Psalms 108, 13. Verse 13. Through God we will do valiantly. And it is he who will trample down our enemies. Next. Oh, that's it. Oh, it wasn't. What did I say? Oh, sorry. 104. Psalms 104. My mistake. Please, co you correct that in your pages. What, 104, what verse? 13. Okay. He, the Lord, waters the mountains from his upper chambers. Did you notice that? Okay. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. Is that clear to you that that's God? He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. You notice that the connection between rain and prosperity and blessing. Amen? And vegetation for the level of man so that he may bring forth food from the earth. And you notice all about kingdom purpose of God and provisions for his people, including animals. Amen? All right, moving on. Let's look at another passage that talks about God being the author of rain, God alone. Go to Job chapter 5, quickly. Job 5. Job 5. What did I say? What verse? 5, 10. 10. He, God, gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. Are you listening? All right, next time it's raining, don't, don't hiss. Just take the rain. <laughs> Amen. So that he sets on high those who are what? Lowly. And those who mourn are lifted to safety. Go to Deuteronomy 11. I just want you to see. You've got to see. There is a pattern this is going to open up for you. You're a child of God. Praise the Lord. The devil is a liar. You and I are designed to prevail. Amen. And God has made available all the resources of heaven into our hands. Deuteronomy 11, you go to verse 13. Moses was telling them before they entered the promised land how they should co conduct themselves in accordance with the word of God. If they don't, there are consequences. Let's see what happened. Did I, what verse did I say? 13. All right, to 17. It shall come about if you listen obediently to my commandments. Listen to that. Which I am commanding you today. To love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Does that apply to us today? Okay. So it doesn't change. It's the same principle. Don't tell me, oh, that's Old Testament. It's the same principle. Amen. That he will give the rain. Who will give? Not Elijah. Not Elijah. Nobody. He, God, will do what? Give the rain for your land in its who? In its what? Season. The early and the late rain. That you may gather in your grain. And, your, and always see the connection. Rain, blessings. Both in the spiritual realm and in the physical. In the spiritual is the Holy Spirit and blessings. So in all that we do, let's make sure we get the Holy Spirit. Because that is inevitably, there are going to be manifestations of blessings. In the physical have you noticed that in spring and so on and so forth, when it rains, things begin to sprout. Is that correct? You, you go out and look at the trees on your property now, they all dried up because it's winter. But when it starts raining, they sprout. Amen? All right, moving on. 
that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. I don't want to get into all that. He will give grass in your field for your cattle. See, the implication here, all you need is the Holy Spirit. Are you all following? When he comes, he knows the things in you and around you that need to be touched. Seek you first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing. We added into it. So he's telling them, obey the word of God. He will take care of you and your cattle. Simple. <laughs> and you will eat and be what? Satisfied. Watch. Next. Beware that your hearts are not deceived. That you do not turn away and serve what? Other gods. And do what? Worship them. 17. Or the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you. And he will shut up the heavens. So that there will be no what? Rain. Next. And the ground will not yield its what? Fruit. And you will do what? Perish quickly from the good land. From what? Can you imagine perishing from the good land? No, the land is good. No problem with the land. In fact, if you go further, earlier, it said that the, the land drinks from the water of heaven. The minerals on the ground. That's the New Testament believer. Your ground is good. No, you didn't, make it. you didn't get me. Your ground is good. Amen. Our ground is good. Amen. If it goes wrong, it's not his fault. Ask ourselves. Not even ask your, it's not your neighbor. Watch. From the good language the Lord is giving you. Next. You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead and so on and so forth. Let, let me say to you, before they moved into that land, that's the condition God gave them. They got there. Ahab married a woman known as Jezebel. He came with his adult. He was the daughter of Ebal. He started worshiping idols. Elijah read that place. Say, God, this is your kingdom purpose. So why are you allowing idolatry? God say, I'm waiting for you. Are you ready to go and deal with it? Say, yes. Say, take my faith. Did you get the connection? See, the word of God, you must spend time on the word of God. If you don't even know what God is saying, how can you do his kingdom purpose? Elijah read that. About taking the rain about bringing back the rain. When Solomon was praying for the dedication of the temple, he said, if they repent, you bring back the rain. Elijah saw that one too. It's all about the word. That's why teaching is important. You don't go about with motivational speaking, everybody dancing, lifting their leg up and clapping and shouting. No. You have to get what the word is saying. Elijah said to God, I can't take this. I know you can't take this. God said, take my faith. So go back to First Kings chapter 17 now. You see, that's where, where he got the faith. Are you following now? Faith comes by what? Yeah. And hearing comes by what? The word. If you see God's kingdom purpose in the Bible and say, God, this is your kingdom purpose. This is your plan. I want to align with you. I want to see it happen that faith will be dropped on you. Amen. Am I making sense to anybody here? 
It's as simple as that. Are you in 17? After Elijah came out from his devotion. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, who is Ahab? Who was Ahab? The king, what boldness do you have? How did he even pass through the security? The king of Israel in those days, they don't show up. They were representatives of God. But when they miss it, the prophets come. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got the message. Huh? That was part one. Part two, before whom I do what? I, you know what that means? When the Trinity are having their conversation, I'm sitting there. They ask me to sit by so that I can carry it and go and deal with it. I am sitting by when the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are meeting. And when they are done, they call me and I stand before them. Who are you to stand before God? Now, here's the word now. There shall certainly, look, did you see any doubt there? Huh? He didn't say there'll be no rain. He said, there certainly be neither what? Dew. He started with dew. <laughs> Nor what? Rain. During how many? These three years. He didn't say, how, how long? He said, well, I don't know. Let's play, let's play by ear. No. Three years. You know, I think at the end it was three and a half. It's like he delayed a little bit. I said, no, you need six more months. Before I open the heaven again. And look at what he said. Except by who? My word. He made was God, God's word his word. I don't know if you remember when he opened the heavens. The prayer he prayed. He said, God, I have done these things according to your word. You notice that? So this person about God's kingdom purpose gets so mixed up with God. God's word becomes your word. And when you speak it, God will uphold it. It is God's word in man's mouth. That's what the gift of faith does. <laughs> praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Amen. So, you know the rest of the story, right? Anyhow. Verse 18, chapter 18, quickly. Chapter 18, let's see the gift of faith here. The, the, how it operates. How it operates. Amen. Are you there? Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show yourself to Ahab. Third year after that first announcement. The word of the Lord came again. And you're supposed to be declared wanted. And you're going back to Ahab. Do you see the gift of faith? Huh? Boldness. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. No, he said, I will send rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. <laughs> and the capital of Ahab was Samaria. Of Israel, that time was Samaria. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. The city where Ahab lived. Next, Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household, and so on and so forth. So uh, let's go quickly to verse 20. Verse 20. Well, I, I think you've, you, you know the story, right? How that happened. Did you, you know what happened? That um, he asked them to call the prophets of Baal and to gather together 
and ask them to pray. And let's see if God will send. They say, and I'll, after you pray, I will pray. The God that answers by what? Fire. Letting the word God. They say, that's a good idea. They say, sign. They sign. They sign too. Did you see boldness in all of this? No shade of doubt? Why? Because it's the gift to complete. That's the thing I want you to see. And you and I are capable of that. I say to people when I'm dealing with demons and all that, I say, I don't negotiate with them. They say, why? I say, because they have no choice. I tell them to go and they will go. No. You don't negotiate. Unbelievers will begin to negotiate with them and try to do this, do this, bring this leaf, bring that water. No, 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 no. It's a word of mouth. In the name of Jesus, you're subject to me. Come out. If they have to say something, say, okay, okay, give us some more time. Okay, where do you want us to go? I say, get out. No doubt. And you have to know when instructions are given to you by the same person, you have to pay attention. If I tell you, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Did you hear me? You don't say, oh, Pastor doesn't know what I'm going through. What are you going through? I tell this to you. You know, when Jesus was a gift of faith, he excised at the grave, the grave of Lazarus. It was a gift of faith. The only people that he had problem with going to that grave were the living. Did you notice that? The dead didn't give him one bit of a problem. But the living say, are you going back? The Jews will catch you. They've been looking for you, forgot. They, they, they say, oh, it, it, it's getting dark. Then the others say, but he is sleeping. If he's sleeping, why are you disturbing him? You didn't want to tell them he was dead. They forced him to say, okay, Lazarus is dead. Let us go. And when he got there, Martha came. He's four days. His must be smelling. Some pocket of Jews are what does this guy think? He ignored all them. He said to them, untie. No, take off the stone. Doubt. That's what the stone. Unbelief, fear, everything. They did say, Lazarus. He, he prayed like Joshua did. Spoke to the father. He said, I, I know you hear me. I know. I'm praying not because I'm doubtful, but I want them to know where this source of my faith and power is coming. Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth. That's what happened. So they prayed and prayed and prayed. They said, okay, call. Maybe he's taking a nap. Your God may be taking a nap. Call, shout a little more. They shouted, they shouted. They were cutting themselves and bleeding. He said, call him those names. You need to call. They were doing all of that. After they're done, they tell him, well, we are done. It's your turn. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The man of God walked down there. He said to them, okay, make it more difficult for my God to answer. They say, how? He said, pour water. <laughs> they poured water on the sacrifice. He said, pour water all around the sacrifice. Woo. They did. They said, this man must be crazy. They poured water. He said, are you done? He said, yes. You know what I like? Anytime I read his words there, go with me to verse, I believe, verse 25. I think it's 25. Let's see what he said. Okay. Okay. I'll run quickly. 
So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one ox for yourselves and prepare for it first for you, for you are many, and call on the name of your God and put no fire under it. Then they took the ox which was given them and they prepared it. You, you see the strange act. This is the acting part now, okay? And they called on the name of Baal from morning. I think they took off duty from work that day. From, from morning until noon. Saying, listen to this, Oh Baal, answer us. Dead God. Powerless power. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar, banging. The altar they made, they banged on it. Next. It came about at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Call out with a loud voice, for he is a God. Either he's occupied <laughs> or gone aside. He may be taking a nap or, or he's on a journey. Can you imagine? The man of God was mocking them. <laughs> Elijah and Elisha, those two men were something else. Or perhaps he's asleep. You know, our God never slumbers nor sleeps. Come on. Shout hallelujah. He that keepeth us neither slumbers nor sleeps. Oh. <laughs> And maybe he needs to be awakened. He must be a dead God. He is a dead God. So they cried with a loud voice, and they were fools, you know, and caught themselves according to their custom with swords. You, know, you notice that Christianity is not a religion of objects, just word. You see, when Elijah showed up, what happened? According to their custom, with swords and lances until the blood gushed out of them. You know what that means? They're dead themselves. When midday passed, they raved until the time. Listen to this. Ah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit orchestrated it. Until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And, and you know the danger. You know the problem here. These were God's people. These are God's people. This is Israel, you know, that we are talking about. It wasn't Amalekites. It wasn't the Amorites. These were God's people. That was how far deceived they were. And this is the time of Elijah again. When midday was past, they raved until the time of the evening offering of the evening sacrifice. That's the time God's people gather for prayer. The Holy Spirit arranged it for that time. Time of corporate prayer is important. Don't miss out. But there was no voice. No one answered, and no one paid attention. Our God says, when we pray, we know he hears us. Okay, next verse. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. That's where they begin. You will repair your altar today. Shout hallelujah. You know what that means? It means go back to prayer life. Huh? All right, next. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of sons of Jacob. You know, strange acts now. To whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. 
Oy. Special people. Okay? So with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Notice that? In the authority of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he arranged the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill your pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they, that's water. And they did it a third time. The water flowed around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Next, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near <laughs> and said, listen to what he said, simple prayer, simple prayer. What did he say? Look at it. Oh, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, Je and Israel, Jacob, today let it be known. Is this a kingdom purpose? That you are God in Israel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I am your servant. And I have done these things according to your word. Or at your word. He told Ahab, at, according to my word. Now here he's revealing the word of God. He said, God, this is your word. You say this in Deuteronomy chapter 11. And I'm responding by belief. Next. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me that these people may know that you are you, O Lord our God, and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire, listen to this, this is music. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the bond offering. After he ate the meat, he said, I need water. And he ate the wood. Adam, we must have used that for toothpick. And the stones and the dust he ate them up. And he licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, how many people? Those who worship Baal. The only one that worshipped Jehovah there was Elijah. All those Baal worshippers saw it. They fell on their faces and they said, The Lord. That's Jehovah. He is God. The Lord. He is God. Shout. Stand up with me. You'll be sweet. Shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Uh oh, not everybody's clapping for the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on. The gift of faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Did you see? It was God's vision, God's apprehension, dropped on a man from Tishbite in the region of Gilead. Are you all following? The man turned it into belief with bold confession and with extraordinary acts. That's all we saw here. And what happened? God came. Huh? Destroy Satan's kingdom purpose, his kingdom plans. Listen to me. His kingdom power and establish his own. At the end of the day, the people said, the Lord, it's like we have fooled ourselves all these years. Now we are back. The Lord, you know what it means? Jehovah, he is God. We are going to shout that seven times now. Are you ready? And you will put one, your left arm on your chest and put the right 
ham in a fist and pump it real up when each time you say it. Are you ready? Because let me tell you this. Satan's kingdom purposes and plans and power. Oh God. They will bow to you at the end. 